Welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the company, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we're here inside the NRF podcast booth, live from the show floor. And we're excited because we have a special guest today. And our special guest is Anshu Barfwaj, VP of Monetization and the Chief of Staff to the CTO at Walmart. So Anshu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful introduction. Thank you very much. Not my first time. Not my first time. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor as well before we get started. Our sponsor today is Listener. Listener powers transactions and better checkout experiences across the customer journey with the most advanced ultrasonic technology. Visit LISNR.com for more information. Listener. Person, present, and proven. And you can check them out if you're at the show at booth 1206. All right, Ashu. So to give the audience some background here, uh, we've been talking about sitting, toge- sitting down together for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. You and I actually sat down together and got to know each other back uh, in March for Shop Talk. Mm-hmm. I had the chance to interview you when you were working for Sam's Club mm-hmm. uh, around just how Sam's Club thought about the idea of product, how they were bringing that you know concept of product management to life, uh, in what arenas. And unfortunately for me, I only got to talk to you for about six minutes up on stage. That is correct. And then, and then I went back that like three days later and I wrote this, this article for Forbes about how Walmart was taking a really smart approach mm-hmm. to how they were thinking about product, letting Sam's Club follow their own path and Walmart mm-hmm. follow theirs as well, and then taking the lessons learned from each mm-hmm. to decide where they wanted to go forward. Um, that was actually probably my most read piece all year. I don't oh, know if you right? know that. Yeah, it was. It was actually that. my number one piece read all year. Well, so, I, I'll take some credit for yeah, it then. You did. You should. <laughs> Thanks for the inspiration. I think I remember on stage, I was like, I've never thought about what you just yeah. said. And, and so I thought it'd be cool to bring you back here at NRF because um, a lot's changed for you, which we'll mm-hmm. get into. But um, let's, start, let's start with a little bit about who you are. So, like, what's your background? Mm-hmm. How did you get to be sitting here right now in this podcast show booth at NRF uh, in your career? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's one of those humbling experiences where when you look back at how your career has evolved, you almost never think that you would get to this place or that place or, you know, you'd win an award or you lead a large team in a large Fortune 1 retailer. It doesn't quite happen. Fortune 1, yeah. Fortune right. 1, Nicely right? said, yes. Um, so for me, in fact, when I look back, um, when I came to this country, I wanted to be a banker. Okay. And that was back in 2008. So that didn't happen. My prior experience to that was in retail slash being a supplier in retail slash being a buyer. Okay. So I worked at Nike in India. I worked at a consulting firm that helped Adidas, Reebok, Nike, think about their store layouts, their merchandising strategies within the stores. So uh, including product launches actually, now that I think back. Okay. So like how would you bring a new product to life in a market where there has been no exposure? So I've always been in retail, but then I came here and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna be the school. I just finished my MBA, so I'm gonna be the school kid. Is that what it was, kid. you finished MBA, yeah. okay. Uh, and then I went to Bear Stearns. And okay. in 2008. Oh my gosh, really? Yep. All right. Even before uh, I graduated, which was I think June 14th, uh, in March, mid-March, Bear Stearns got bought over by JP Morgan. Yep. And in hindsight, I think it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. But at that time, I was completely devastated. I was like, oh my God, graduating, no job. I had this plan, total MBA thing. I had this plan, I'm going to do this. And then that happens. Wow. And that happens. So I think just, you know, being resilient is uh, uh, something, again, I didn't really know then. I was more like, oh, I'm running this India Business Conference. We had the most money we'd ever collected from sponsorships. 
I want to do right by my sponsors uh, and right by the students who are coming in to attend the conference. Okay. So my motivation was very different, which at that time, everybody questioned, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Why aren't you focusing on your job search? Anyways, so long story short, I went to Target, which, you know, we didn't cross, cross path there, but... It was quite an um, experience being in a very large retailer. Uh, I was on the finance side. Okay. But I actually got to see the P-Fresh expansion. I wow. don't know if you remember that. Yeah, of course. Of course. So that was a I, buzz for, I forgot we even had this in common, actually. Yeah, yep. I totally forgot about this. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the P-Fresh evaluation, all of that, yeah. um, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I had never done grocery before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just learning all of that yeah. and like, you know, uh, which was wonderful because... Uh, and that was a huge capital initiative. It like, was a yeah, huge I mean, initiative. I think they built like a thousand of those in like three years. I mean, Correct. That was, yeah, Correct. that was probably a good thing to see. And I was, I was there in September, from September 2008 until September 2009. So it mm -hmm. was right at the peak when we were figuring out are the investments making sense. Okay. And I clearly remember it was one of those things It was just the numbers were phenomenal that mm -hmm. I used to actually think there's something wrong with my model. Like right. I seriously go, used to go back and be like, okay, why is, why is everything so good? Mm -hmm. But I think that's the power of grocery. That's the power of fresh, putting that up front and center, even if it is a small skew selection. Right. But from being from Minneapolis, you know how cold the weather can get. <laughs> just a tad. Yeah. It's a little different than India. It's yeah, a little just different a little than bit. India. And yeah. I'm from Delhi where it's yeah. extremely hot. Yeah. Temperatures run in like 110. And I'm from Phoenix too. So oh, like, so there yeah, you go. Not, yeah, I don't know what I'm still doing there sometimes. But yeah, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. So my husband had moved with me okay. uh, to Minneapolis. Okay. And after six months, he was like, I want out. He needs out. So he just left. He packed really? his bags in April and was like, I'm moving back to the Bay Area. Okay. I'm like, okay. So I got to figure out how to get back. All right. So then, you know, obviously there was Walmart. And uh, remember, the market was still soft. I'm talking September yep. 2009. Very soft. And uh, after, I think Lehman fell in September or maybe uh, November of 2008. Mm -hmm. So banking was still out of the question. Um, and then I just focused on, you know, this is my core competence. I've seen this from different angles. Let me try to see what I can make mm -hmm. out of it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I landed at Walmart in September of 2009. Okay. And it's almost 10 years and two months or something to the date. Jeez, okay. I've completed 10 years, which I have never done in my entire career. Right. And I've now been working for almost 20, yeah. maybe 18. So anyways, great experience. Um, uh, I started off in finance, did okay. some strategy, uh, moved into market development. So even before we bought Flipkart, my team was responsible for figuring out what would be the markets of the future, where should we invest, what is the risk profile look like, should we pull the trigger now, should we wait for things to happen, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and then about five years ago, I actually joined Sam's Club, mm. which I think is, it just kind of brought everything together. Again, that was not what I was thinking mm -hmm. would happen. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need a line role, I need to figure out how to operate. And I need to do something that I can tangibly say I increased GMV by so much. I increased profit by so much. So that gave me a wonderful opportunity. And, you know, you alluded to the mm -hmm. product mindset piece mm -hmm. in the beginning. Um, a lot of it actually started with Jamie Iannone, who's the CEO mm -hmm. of samsclub.com. Mm -hmm. And he just brought this rigor and discipline of bringing all the different business functions together, be it operations, supply chain, uh, marketing, merchandising, uh, digital marketing, so on the e-commerce side, and then he used that to drive uh, the financials on the strength of your product and technology teams. Mm -hmm. So that was a phenomenal learning. Um, obviously, you know, my boss was really kind. He let me do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, lots of learnings along the yeah. way. And that really, you know, shaped me to where I am today, where I can actually look at things and be like, okay, this might make sense or might not make sense. 
um, which has you know really served me well. So that's how kind of you know meandering along. No, that's a, that's a great story. So like. Did you have an engineering background at any point in time too no. in this? Okay, so this like move, you went to this move to product mm -hmm. um, without that. So you're kind of learning a lot of different new skill mm -hmm. sets on the fly as, as you're going here. Okay. Correct. I do have a mathematics background. Okay. But honestly, my undergrad was mathematics, which was, you know, many, many, many moons ago. So I'm not applying any of that, okay. but I think that basic rigor of understanding how do you actually you know, figure out your decision tree, what will mm -hmm. be the choke point. Mm -hmm. So that has stayed with me. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, samscript.com is undergoing a massive transformation of its e-commerce platform specifically. And my team and I were driving it. And initially I had the same apprehension going in, you know, I'm not an engineer, how do I think about it? Uh, but over time, it's like, can you ask the right question mm -hmm. which can help the team go back and dig into things. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple of really big things that we uncovered mm -hmm. um, just because of my dumb questions. Mm -hmm. And then I realized there are no dumb questions. <laughs> no, there are no. I like that word choke point too, or that uh -huh. phrase. That's a good point. Well, what were some of those things? What were some of the things you uncovered that you can talk about where, you know, the, or types of things that you worked on where that product mindset, because mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about Sam's Club now and how mm -hmm. that fits into the whole landscape because we love that example mm -hmm. so much. I always cite that as like the number one a concept innovation in the market, at mm -hmm. least in the U.S. But what were some of those things like that you mm -hmm. mentioned? I think every single day we ran into things. So I won't bore you with, you know, my <laughs> the, website the conversion. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. So there are always those I A/B tested this. A/B tested. <laughs> oh my God! Some of the things we A/B tested ran into like four iterations. I think that's a bigger choke point than anything. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, just because you just you keep know, going, you just keep going. Yeah. You know that there's something in here. Yeah. So it kind of speaks to the tenacity of you're trying to get to uh, the right experience, the right financials. But at the same time, you're not able to figure out what's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think one thing that I distinctly remember, we had this, uh, it's a feature, and I won't talk about Sam's now because you know about it. So we can yeah. get into that later. Yeah, 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 exactly. But we had this feature on our website called Easy Reorder. Okay. And basically, if you think about Sam's Club, uh, big pack sizes, people pay a membership fees. They want to come for certain things that they rely on you for. Mm -hmm. And the store carries only like 6,000 to 8,000 SKUs depending right. upon the store. Right. So from a customer standpoint, those SKUs, the chances that you are buying at least... I'm making up this number. Yeah, I don't sure, know. Yeah, sure. I get you, though. But I've read um, that on an average, an American consumer buys about 1,000 SKUs. Hmm. In, in their okay. entire year. I've never heard that, but that's interesting. Okay. I read it somewhere. Okay. So then for me, it's like, okay, you know, we do cater to a big portion of that SKU count, especially when it comes to fresh, grocery, uh, and then some general merchandise that mm -hmm. we carry. Mm -hmm. So easy reorder for us was a big thing because people just are, you know, regularly ordering their milk, mm -hmm. their uh, cheese, their uh, uh, fruits and veggies. Mm -hmm. Through this program, BOPIS, as we mm -hmm. call it, yep. buy online, pick up in store. We used to call it click and pull. Okay. So it's a. I think we were definitely in the Walmart world, the first ones to launch click and pull. It used to be fax and pull. Oh, really? I don't even know fax what... Fax and pull? Mm -hmm. That was a thing? That was a thing. It still is oh a thing God. in certain areas. FAP? Like <laughs> it's, it's called FAP, right? Fax and pull? Fax and pull. Wow, all right. And I don't I even it. know what a fax machine looks like, by the way. Like yeah, no, right. They were all... So anyway, so that program <laughs> was very important for us because there's a set of customers that used to rely on it to order on the website and then just come and pick up. Uh, early in the morning, like yeah. 8 a.m., 9 a.m. So we wanted to... Probably pretty loyal customers if they're doing loyal, that too. Very yeah, loyal, yeah. like very high lifetime value, yeah. um, you know, at least 3x more than everybody else. So they were very, very loyal customers. And the experience was very clunky because, you know, once you got into easy reorder, you had to 
one by one by one, yeah. add things, it's remove things, quantity. Major problem for major what you're problem. talking about, right? Yeah. But it contributed to a significant portion of our GMV. Mm. So we were basically moving that into a new functionality on the homepage by the name of reorder your essentials. So if you go to the SAM site now, you don't have to hover on the eyebrow, eyelash, all the other eyes portions that we have <laughs> to find where easy reorder is. We just auto-populate your cart and say, based on your history, this is like you know early application of mm -hmm. ML, uh, mm -hmm. to say that right. uh, this is what we're seeing, your trend is, so hey, do you want to add this to cart? So anyways, I mean, that one, that project continued for a year, and I can tell you it's a choke point because we knew we can get so much more out of it, mm -hmm. and obviously our usage increased many folds. It got exposed to other customers who wouldn't really have thought that they need mm -hmm. things to get into easy reorder, a separate checkout, a separate flow, which we did in the interest of moving quickly mm -hmm. at the time, like six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you get you do all these card and checkout enhancements and this functionality doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. So that was a big choke point for the longest time. I, so. It's a great example because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I keep using this phrase, like, if you, you don't win if you don't play. And, exactly. And the product mindset, as fast and iterative it mm -hmm. is, you have to commit to it for a long time mm -hmm. because you're talking about really complex things from a user experience design perspective mm -hmm. that you're just not going to figure out the first time you try it, mm -hmm. it's going to take you understanding where those, I like the phrase choke points, because where mm -hmm. those are, how do you overcome them? Um, and it's actually forced, even talking to you now is forcing me to think about some of the things that I've even seen or commented on here mm -hmm. uh, at other retailers, which I won't go into. I'll save that for other articles. But uh, yeah, no, it's a great point. Well, let's talk about Sam's Club now. Mm -hmm. So um, like I said, huge fans of that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably my favorite store in the U.S. Oh, that's awesome. No joke. Yeah, no, I will, I'll 100%. make sure that the teams know. Please do. <laughs> Please do. I think I told uh, Mr. Ferner that when I saw mm -hmm. him. But um, but I just think it's great. So why don't you explain for the audience, what is it? Mm -hmm. how, let's see, what is it? Why did it come about? Mm -hmm. um, and how does it sit into everything? Because mm -hmm. we talked about the combination of it with Walmart, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Walmart always tinkers with things and we've done it for the past, whatever, 40, 50, 60 years, because in order to get to where we are, you have to keep trying things. Now, what's happening in parallel is technology has changed many, many, many bounds and it's moving in multiple different directions. So that becomes a challenge. Like earlier, you could say, OK, in order to do my logistics really well, we need these three big ingredients. And those probably contributed to 60, 70% of what you wanted to do. I right. think these days, it's just so many things because mm -hmm. consumers have the power of doing everything in their own hands. So you don't necessarily rely on someone for recommendations for things that you want. And they're obviously getting very busy. An mm -hmm. average American family uh, of four you know, could be doing uh, two jobs and they might right. not be earning um, what they used to earn back in the day. So I won't go into the macro factors that 100%. are happening. But basically, we know that we have to save time for our customers and make sure that they get what they need in the least amount of time with the best amount, with the best experience. On top of it, our entire leadership team, all the way from Doug McMillan to John Ferner and then Greg Foran, who used mm -hmm. to be here, they are, you know, obviously they've seen international markets mm -hmm. and they've seen the power that technology has to change your experience, your interaction, and you're thinking about a specific company. And... Uh, I think a lot of the credit goes to John, to our board, and to Doug to actually let this kind of a thing um, you know, happen and organically grow. So John has a story, I'm sure you know this, where he says when he went to China and mm -hmm. Shenzhen, he used to carry a wad of cash with him. I don't know what that looks like, but I can imagine. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Uh, today, I don't have a, I don't carry a wallet. I have no cash on no, me at any time. No, I, I, I carry four cards and a phone. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So he, he went within two years from a wad of cash to just everything on WeChat or whatever other you know, uh, companies are there. That's all he did. Like He went from being 100% cash economy 
to being a 100% cashless economy. Yeah. That had a very powerful impact on him as well as the rest of the leadership team. Yeah. In parallel, we had been tinkering with other stuff, you know, okay, uh, we had like a small lab we'd opened in San Bruno just to see what things were mm -hmm. uh, going on. Like, can we bring this to fruition? More of an experimentation, maybe I'll say a UX lab, if anything. You okay. Know? Not, okay. Not really like a big thing. Yeah. So all of these forces coming together, John coming into the role, he basically said, I want nothing to do with old technology, old anything. Let's figure out how we do the right thing for our customers and can we actually really, really understand their choke point slash pain mm, point, mm -hmm. and if long lines are it, and if we have already taken scan and go to chain, can we do something there? Mm -hmm. And in right, addition- Right, because Walmart had tried scan and go prior to you guys doing this in their own stores, right? Or had, or had um, Sam's not quite. Done, Sam's Club done some, Sam's Club had done some experimentation some with experimentation, it. Some okay, experimentation, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Good, so what helpful. basically, you know, the technology changing part was you could actually accept mobile payments within the phone. So okay. that was like a big impetus to okay. taking scan and go to chain. Got it, you had some steps towards yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. In addition, you know, everybody was hearing about AR, VR, ML, AI, computer vision, you name <laughs> the buzzwords, all the alphabets. And all that really mattered was his Costan George Costanza wallet experience exactly. in China. That was exactly. it. Forget all the exactly. acronyms. It was he was carrying a wallet. Well I, I would say just that, but <laughs> yeah, you're kind right. of right. No, you know, know if, if your if your leaders are bought in then it makes yeah. a huge difference. So anyway, so 100%. from that we went into opening the Sam's Now store, uh, the Sam's Now Club, which is a single club where our engineers, our merchants and our operators, all the three of them come together to solve problems for the customer. So obviously, you know, it's a it's an alphabet soup, but alphabet soup physically put into a store. So mm -hmm. we have beacons, we have computer vision, uh, cameras for computer vision, uh, we have AR experiences, you've seen it. So mm -hmm. we have pretty much a lot of things. And we were just trying to see uh, early on, like what could make sense or not. So one example I'll give you with AR, um, you know, we had the magic card experience. Yes, which, the magic card. Yeah, people mm -hmm. love it. Tell people what that is, yeah. Uh, so Magic Card experiences, there's this desire that, you know, Sam's Club spends, the merchants spend a lot of time investing into what is the right product to buy. And they do, for example, for fish, they'll do wild Alaska salmon. I'm vegetarian, so I won't be able to give you the details, <laughs> but assume that I'm saying the right thing. Sure. So wild Alaska salmon, which is freshly harvested or freshly caught and, you know, bought into our store and perfectly beautifully displayed. So there's a story that goes with it, but you can't say that in a regular environment because you're basically saying, this is my fish, this is how much it costs, and you know, come by. With the AR experience, you can actually bring that storyline to life if mm -hmm. someone is interested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but more than that, the kids love it because you know the cart becomes a pirate ship, and then in the pirate ship are your goods. Yeah. So it's just a crazy experience. I loved it with, when I went there with Anne. I was riding in the pirate ship. It was it was it was <laughs> wonderful. It was wonderful. I can uh, totally uh, imagine you. <laughs> you can totally imagine that, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. I want to click on something yeah. you said though because you said something really interesting that I think is important to bring out. Uh, and I don't want it to get lost. And mm -hmm. you said that the merchants and the engineers mm -hmm. were almost one in the same. And the operators. And yep. the operators, which yep. is ex basically what product management is exactly. when you start to think about it. It's like the fusion of all those disciplines together. Then mm -hmm. you guys did some unique things there, right? Too. I remember, I, tell me if this is true, but I remember mm -hmm. reading like, Everyone lived near there for a time, right? And like that is correct. Okay, how did yeah. that all work? We called it the startup house. Okay, engineers, products, UX designers, along with the store manager Lucy, 
club manager. Now I'm I'm shifting yeah, into no, the Walmart okay. world again. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Lucy and then all of these people, they iterated every single day. They would write the code, they would go to the club, see if it's working or not, what they needed to change. They themselves were their own alpha customers to begin with, which you have to be. And based on those experimentations, they, the startup house, as it was called, basically, brought this whole store, uh, the whole club to life. So I think that was a very unique thing. I think, again, uh, you know, going back 30, 40 years ago, when Walmart was smaller, everybody sat in the same yeah. home office. I think this was more natural. We used to have Saturday morning meetings where the operators would, you know, come in, drive in at that time mm -hmm. from all over mm -hmm. the stores. Mm -hmm. And they would all just sit together, mm -hmm. hear the problems mm -hmm. and solve them. Mm -hmm. But I think with the company becoming bigger and one East Coast operation, one in Portland, one in Carlsbad, one here, one mm -hmm. India, you know, like we are mm -hmm. so... Uh, massive at this point mm -hmm. so that experience I think was uh, brought back to life and with this dedication that hey we are this one team this it wasn't really a scrum team but kind of a scrum mm -hmm. team with operators and merchants mm -hmm. and let's figure out what's happening here mm -hmm. so we did that and it's actually worked out really great mm -hmm. so we use that learning when we talked at shop talk mm -hmm. I emphasized a lot on mm -hmm. learnings mm -hmm. the learning plan in addition to driving mm -hmm. the KPIs so one big learning from that was um, you know if you bring the teams together you not only do you go faster you build a better uh, a better iterated solution. Mm -hmm. So we brought that to life in Sam's, uh, Sam's Garage. Mm -hmm. So Sam's Garage is, you know, we were at, I don't know, some, um, let's say, dub high double-digit numbers when you went to a store or when you went to a club to get your tires ordered and replaced and scheduled and what, like all the functions that need to go. Mm -hmm. So you're suddenly going from a very happy state, oh, wow, mm -hmm. Sam's Club has the best deal, to like standing in line for 20 minutes, mm -hmm. 30 minutes, however many mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. So again, we've applied that concept and the whole team came together, engineering product, uh, UX, along with the club associate. Mm -hmm. And they all sat, built out a solution, which just cut the time by one, t like 10x. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are basically, you know, taking that and applying. There are a bunch of initiatives now where we do these pod kind of things. We call them experience teams. Okay. And whoever needs to be in, uh, addition to the business product and engineering and UX, so we bring in people. So store associates at Shop Talk, I st talked about mm -hmm. uh, this receiving a uh, scheduler. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Where we went from a mm -hmm. paper stack to literally just one piece of um, app, you yep. know. Again, when you think about John it... John talked about that with me when I met him, too. Like oh, that's wonderful. You can tell wonderful. how poignant that was. Yeah, absolutely. It's very important, and I think it's not just important from driving KPIs. And I come back to because KPIs, you can drive for one project and then be done with it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't carry that mentality, mm -hmm. that product mentality, and make it pervasive across your teams, then you've kind of lost the magic sauce. Mm -hmm. So the receiving scheduler, basically, again, they were iterating, and within the app, they had feedback, you know, I don't think we'd ever done that before. Mm -mm. And I'm sure companies, uh, you know, more modern technology companies do that all the time, mm -hmm. explicitly or implicitly, seeing mm -hmm. your interaction time, where did you drop off, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, but for us, you know, that was like one dedicated where uh, dedicated experience we built where everybody again came together. So I have countless of those examples right. where we all came together. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, as you're talking, I mean, the thing I'm thinking about, that's how startups work. Yeah. You know, that's how startups start, and that's ultimately how they disrupt people because they're all doing that all the time on whatever it is that single most important idea mm -hmm. or concept or brand is for them to try to bring to market. So yeah. uh, it's important for people to remember. Cause, and I give you guys a ton of credit because I say uh, whenever I give uh, speeches throughout the country, I always say I can count on one hand the number of true examples mm -hmm. that are in the 
market like what you just described. And, you know, for you guys to be, I think, you know, the biggest retailer, like you said, Fortune One, and doing that type of work, it's pretty commendable. So mm-hmm. um, so you. now you've pivoted. You're welcome. You, now you've pivoted. So mm-hmm. now you've went from San. Let's spend a little time here, just a couple minutes, because yeah. I think the audience would be interested. You've pivoted. So your job yeah. went from product, and now you're the VP of monetization and the chief of staff to the yep. CTO. What does that mean? Tell us what that's all about. <laughs> you know, I'm still figuring it out. Um, after five years of product, I think it set me up really well for this role. And uh, I remember my first conversation with Suresh, who, by the way, has an amazing experience um, in retail, in technology. And he's the CTO. A PhD. He's the CTO. He's the global CTO. He reports to our CEO, Doug McMillan. Okay. Um, so, like, John Furner reports to Doug. Kat McClay reports to Doug. Judith McKenna reports to Doug. Sure. So, Suresh basically now has a seat at the table. So, that tells you about the commitment the company has in leveraging technology. Same time like of really powering. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So um, it's an interesting experience. I think uh, what I bring to the table for him uh, at the end of the day is a combination of knowledge about Walmart and knowledge about where we want to get to. And, you know, we talked about, like, I've never planned anything in my career. (laughs) So everything is kind of pivoting in its own. So I I personally think, although this is not why I'm sure he hired me, but I think this whole resilience and, you know, pivoting and figuring things out is definitely going to help us because we are under, you know, taking a lot of, lot of big things. Yeah. So I know we have an analyst day coming up very soon, so mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll hear, I hope we'll hear more about mm-hmm. what we're doing. Um, but so that was the intention. Chief of staff role is, you know, I think it's what you make out of it. So initially I was thinking, you know, there'll be three, three big parts to it. There'll be actually understanding the strategy. So even from Suresh's standpoint, if you think about it, he's very accomplished, has a lot of experience in a lot of areas, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, what is unique to Walmart and where we can play, uh, where we should leverage our technology, I think that is the uh, gap we need to bridge. Mm -hmm. Again, he's very sharp, he sits in a meeting and he gets it like this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one big area, helping develop our technology strategy. Okay. Uh, The second big area is the everyday humming of, you know, making sure that we are progressing towards our goals, we are providing the update that the board needs. So that's the strategy operations part. Mm-hmm. So there's the actual strategy part, there's the uh, strategy operations part. So in the operations part, it's more, you know, I was telling you, it's been sleepless nights the past whole week. Uh, part of the reason is um, we have a bunch of important meetings coming up where we're discussing very critical initiatives. So bringing our point of view to the table, what can be solved, what cannot be solved, and how do we think about it? Do we reprioritize it? So that's like a constant sure. conversation. Sure. Uh, the third part coming out of that is if we see what we need to do and there are any gaps that we have identified, which either we cannot fill internally or we choose not to fill internally, then do we go out and partner with people, mm-hmm. with companies, with startups, established companies? So that's one part of the role. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's never a dull moment. Uh-huh. I'm learning a ton, especially about the Walmart world where the oh business is so complex. Yeah, I can only imagine. I can, that was a, that's a beautiful framework too. I, I actually I took a lot from that in terms of just how you laid that out, articulated that. It's a very straightforward to think about, like kind of what is the role of technology? Mm-hmm. How do you constantly monitor it from an operations perspective? And then how do you find the gaps? So yeah. that was great. This has been awesome, but I cannot let you get out of here without, mm-hmm. of course, playing <laughs> okay. the signature game of the OmniTalk Spotlight series, which is... How millennial are you? Are you ready for this? I am totally got, ready to bomb myself right now. If we now. had this on video, <laughs> she's got a huge smile on her face. So do I. This is going to be a blast. We're going to have fun with this. Um, all right. Three questions. Okay. Here we go. Rapid I'm fire. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's say you're in a grocery store. Okay. okay. Or a Walmart store. Let's use Walmart here. Take Sam's Club now out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, I've already mentally shifted. Yeah, exactly. You're shifting. You're in a new role. Yeah. 
You walk up to pay. Are you pulling out a credit card or are you using some type of mobile payment, say? NFC? Apple, yes. Some type yeah. of, uh, you know, yeah. like Apple Pay or tapping yeah. the credit card. Which yeah. one are you doing most often? The latter. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Am I a millennial then? Yeah. You're getting there. You're I'm close. getting there. Okay. You're, 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 you're one, one out of three. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. One guy said he uses his iPhone or his iWatch yesterday. So oh, that was, that see, was, yeah. That was I'm, the most millennial thing we've heard so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to stay away from gadgets. More gadgets than I need. So, and yes. I think one person said if I'm in China, I use my face too. But, like, that's yeah, that. yeah exactly. I've, I've done that. Have I've you? Done that. Yeah. That, I mean, okay, China probably has my entire family history recorded somewhere because I went there two years ago, three years ago with my daughter, my husband, and I on a personal vacation. Yeah. And they were recording my face everywhere. Yeah. So at one point, I actually saw that at a cash, uh, uh, at a uh, terminal, I swiped my credit card. And there's a camera which was recording yeah. and matching it in the yeah. back end. Yeah, I don't amazing. know if that's true. I made it up yeah. in my head. I'm no, that's for sure. That? I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it on demo. I've seen it. Uh, oh, is that right? I've seen it on demo. Uh, so, from yeah, some see, of there the you go. Companies. I'm kind of yeah, then, I'm, I'm much farther You're ahead. Farther <laughs> ahead, yeah. All right, question two. Yeah. Uh, question two. How many times in the past week have you ordered something via a mobile app? Uh, not in the past week because I've been traveling, but at home I do it all the time, okay. like Grubhub, DoorDash, okay. uh, and some other companies that, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah, sure. Are I got you. Space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, that's funny. We always hear that. It's always food delivery. So, which is a very millennial yeah. thing to do. Even grocery, actually. Uh, okay. Walmart grocery is wonderful in case you have not tried. Okay. Um, you know, you can order online and it gets delivered to your home. Um, so Walmart Grocery is a wonderful app that I use all the time yeah. um, to get groceries to my house. And then I live in San Francisco, so it gets a challenge. It becomes a challenge right. if I'm not in Sunnyvale, mm-hmm. which is where my office is. Mm-hmm. So in that case, then I use the local grocery stores to get um, groceries delivered. Yep. I hate going to a grocery store. Yeah. I just cannot go to a grocery store. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Especially in San Francisco, having lived there for eight years, like yeah. getting to a grocery store in San Francisco is about the most inconvenient thing totally, imaginable. Totally. All right, last question. This one could be a ton of fun. Okay. What is the one social app you cannot live without? Social app? You know, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Okay. There is no social anything in left in my life right now. <laughs> what is the one social app? I don't know. It's uh, My husband's always on TikTok. Your husband's always on TikTok. <laughs> That's fascinating. Like okay. at one in the morning, I see him. He's on TikTok. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm just recreational, like, you know, whatever, yeah. having recreation. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing my laundry right now at <laughs> one in the morning. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any social app that okay. I'm, like, actively using. But the but household's looking at TikTok. TikTok yeah. That's good to know. That's the first TikTok drop we've had. Oh, really? Yes. No one said it personally, but no one's also brought their spouse into the topic yet either. So. My parents have caught on. R- really? I can't tell What you are they th- doing on it? So there's this one specific song where uh, it goes in a series. One person starts the song, then another one joins in and dances to it. So like a chain song kind of. Deal? It's a chain song. Wow. So okay. they're into it, and because Your parents. of that, my parents. Wow. I'm yeah. That's amazing. Oh my yeah. god. Okay, so glad we asked that question. <laughs> All right. Well, that was awesome. Hey, thank you so much for doing this. Thank like, you. I really appreciate it. I know Anne does too. Um, we were really excited to sit down with you today. I love staying connected with you, too, because I learn yeah, something absolutely. every time we talk. Um, I hope the rest of the show goes very well Thank for you. you. Again, for those listening, it's Anshu Parthwaj, VP of Monetization and Chief of Staff to the CTO at Walmart. For all of you listening, be careful out there.